yep, we're all set on my end. I've got the lie detector hooked up already. Oh, hold on. My wife's calling. Hey, honey, what's up? Yes, I did take the garbage out last night. I meant this morning. I mean, I'll do it as soon as I get home. Yes, I'm sticking to that juice cleanse. I, I mean, I'm drinking some water right now. I mean, I'm eating a half-eaten Girl Guide cookie I found under the vending machine. Well, of course I can't wait to get home. We'll watch my favorite show, ESPN Sports Center. I mean, the Great British Bake Off. Well, gotta run. I'm working really hard here. Well, everyone thinks I'm working really hard here. No one here thinks I work really hard at all. I'll talk to you later. Building trust and becoming a valued advisor. It's what we're talking about this week. I'm Jeff Livingston, and this is ADP's Insights at Work podcast. Let's dive in. This is the podcast that looks at what's happening in the HR world, takes your questions and studies the research to help HR experts move forward. It's prepared by HR experts for HR experts. Trust. It's something that takes years to build, seconds to break, and forever to repair. And it's something that I believe can make or break the relationship between a manager and their team. And that's why the insights that today's guest will share are so relevant. Natalie Doyle Oldfield advises business owners and leaders on how to establish and how to increase trust. She is the author of The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. And she's the president of the company Success Through Trust. Five times, Natalie has been named one of the world's top thought leaders in trust by Trust Across America. And in 2021, she was recognized with a Lifetime Achievement Award by Trust Across America. Welcome to the Insights at Work podcast, Natalie. Thank you. Happy to be here, Jeff. Natalie, we met almost 20 years ago while I was getting my MBA at Dalhousie University, and you were heading up the marketing for a company in Halifax. Now, I've followed your career since then, and it's clear that you've really made a name for yourself around the concept of trust. In the world of human resources and business, I think trust is essential to delivering one's services and helping others make breakthroughs. But I'm sure our listeners want to hear from you why trust is so important in the business world. So why now are we seeing so much emphasis placed upon the concept of trust in the workplace? Trust is the essence of successful leadership. If, if you are not trusted, you can't build loyalty with your employees, with your suppliers, with your stakeholders, with your customers. Without trust, there is no sale, right? At the end of the day, you can have the best product or the best service, but if you don't have the trust of your employees, you can't build it. And if you don't have the trust of your customers, they're not going to buy it. Natalie, I think we're seeing a crisis in trust right now. People are getting conflicting types of information. They're being constantly bombarded by noise. Now more than ever, it's tough to know who's got our back and who we can rely on for truthful answers. Is it just me or is there a greater focus being placed on the importance of trust and building relationships in the workplace, in the community and beyond? 
I love that you asked, you know, why is this concept of trust getting such a high level of recognition? Well, trust really has emerged as one of the most important issues of our time. In fact, in a virtual world, now it's preeminent. It's, it's so important because people, as you know, are more skeptical now than ever before, right? They are, they are more demanding and they're, they have more access to information and they are demanding transparency and accountability. And, you know, if you think about it in the last week or so, and this could be any week, but I'm just talking about the last week or so, we've seen resignations from senior executives and politicians and government in private companies and publicly traded companies, health organizations, law enforcement agencies because of misbehavior. And this all undermines trust, right? So it is very important. And, you know, on a personal level, another reason why it's so important is because we, you know, if you think about it, we're not gonna order takeout from a restaurant if we don't trust that restaurant. We're not gonna go to a hardware store to buy windows or to buy paint if we don't trust that they have a commitment to safety. And we're not gonna hire a professional, whether that's you know, a dentist or a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer or an accountant or a consultant, if we don't trust their advice, or if we just think that you know they're trying to sell us something. So trust is really, as I said, one of the most important issues of our time. Natalie, I couldn't agree more. So tell me, what was your aha moment that led you to discovering just how important trust is when it comes to the workplace? And what started you on this trust journey? Um, as you know, I was leading a marketing team for a software company here in Canada. Everything was going just great for me. The CEO uh, asked me if I would take over the sales role and I was like, ooh, I don't know. Because I really loved my job and I loved my role. And like I said, everything was going great. And I was really comfortable. <laughs> uh, so I didn't want to change because when we're comfortable, we don't want to change. But the truth really is I didn't want to take over sales because I didn't want the accountability and I didn't want to fail. However, um, I decided eventually it was the right thing to do for the company, for me, and I said, sure, I'll do it. So in August 2008, I started taking over and being responsible for sales as well. And as you might remember, in September 2008, the market crashed and we were selling software and services to the hospitality and the convention center industry. And so, of course, it's sort of similar to what's happening now. No one was going to hotels. No one was spending any money. Companies weren't buying. So I did what I knew. Only thing I knew what to do is to figure out, well, how am I going to be successful in this new role as sales, being responsible for sales and marketing? So I asked all the people I knew who were really, really successful. How do you do it? And what I learned is that it wasn't about some fancy process or technique or system. It was all about 
relationships. So what we decided, and I say we because I had an amazing team, is we were just going to focus on all the customer relationships. And you know what happened? In about three months' time, our sales started going back up. Okay, Natalie. So sales are on their way up, and you're focusing on strengthening relationships and building trust with those customers and the people in the company. When did you start formalizing a process around building trust? I got so passionate about this that a couple of years later, I decided to go back to school and I went into to figure out the question of how is it that customers decide to buy? What's 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 behind that? And very quickly into that program, I realized that it's all about trust. So I did my thesis on that. I did all my research on that. I studied from an academic point of view and then a business point of view. And eventually I graduated I, and then I started teaching it to companies. And I got so excited about it, so passionate about it that I actually started because I created this framework of for companies of how to build, manage and protect it because I saw that the most successful companies in the world have trust. So Natalie, here's the million dollar question. Can we build trust in today's largely remote work environment? You can build trust from behind a screen. Okay, you can. I have clients that I have never met that I met through the pandemic. You, I'm sure do, right? We reconnected this way. Now we were lucky because we actually met years ago face to face, but I'm sure you've met lots of people through a screen. You can do it but it takes a bit more effort. But you know, what I what I liken it to, it's kind of like fitness, right? Building a relationship of trust in a virtual world, it's like fitness, okay? You have to do it every day to get results or like a diet, you have to do it every day to get results. Well, when you apply the principles of trust in every interaction with everyone that you talk to, you will see the results over time. Natalie, to me, trust is just as important between a company and their client as it is between a manager and their employee. Now, your company recently launched a survey on trust and it showed that 94% of survey participants felt that trust was extremely important in today's business environment. However, 58% of those participants didn't have a clear idea as to what steps they needed to take to achieve trust. So tell me, Natalie, are organizations just not good at fostering trust? And why is there that disconnect? Well, there are some companies, yes, that are, that are I would say, good at fostering trust. However, as, this, as the participants of this survey showed, um they know it's important right 94 percent of them said it's extremely important in fact 100 percent of the business owners and leaders who responded said it's extremely important yet 58 percent don't know the steps so i think that there's still a lot of room for organizations to learn how to do this and you know my experience i have seen that there are some companies that are really great at it and others that are still learning how to do this. And, you know, let's face it, most companies can always improve. You never get to the end goal. It's a journey. It's not a destination. Okay, Natalie. So who needs to be included on this journey? How important is it 
for the leadership team to be involved. Trust is is the most important thing for a leadership team to be focused on. And it's really at the heart and soul of every business culture. It's deeply embedded in a company's values. And so, you know, everyone, as you know, looks to the top. So it that's why it's so critical for HR professionals and C-level people, as you mentioned, to be involved because they set the tone and the messages that they send out cascade and permeate through the entire organization. So, you know, it's critical that they learn how to become trusted advisors. Natalie, continuing on the theme of involving the CEO and senior leadership team, I was speaking with a CEO just a few weeks ago who had an interesting challenge. He began heading up his organization two months prior to when the pandemic began. Now, it wasn't enough time for him to make the rounds and meet all of his team members in person. So he had to build trust in a remote work environment, which was a lot harder for him to achieve. Natalie, what are the steps one can undertake to build trust with colleagues in that virtual setting? Well, that's a great question. Um, And, you know, a lot of the same principles apply that we've talked about. However, of course, there are nuances. And what I would suggest is, you know, of course, that the leader invest in connecting, right? We don't have the luxury of running into someone in the hall before a meeting or at lunchtime or as we're walking into work. So I would invest in connecting. And this CEO that you talked to a few weeks ago, you know, you said he he didn't have enough times to make the rounds. I mean, one thing I would suggest is, and I have other clients that are doing this now, is they actually are setting aside 10 minutes per day, every day, to invest in connecting with a colleague. And, you know, some companies that I'm working with are actually incenting people to do that. Other companies are saying, you know, make sure you put time aside. I have one client who he schedules a 30 minute, 30 minute coffee meeting every day with three colleagues and there's no agenda, Jeff. There's no agenda. It's just, hi, how are you doing? And because it's a coffee, they're not talking about work. And that's, that's the deal. So, you know, it's, that's one thing is invest in connecting. The other thing that I would say is get get personal, right? Be- because we can't see each other face to face and ask people how the weekend is. If we have, you know, meetings set up on WebEx or Microsoft Teams or Zoom every hour on the hour, you sort of miss the time, the downtime to connect with someone and have a personal conversation. And so one of the things that I'm suggesting people do is actually put time aside to connect and make it personal and pick up the telephone and telephone your clients and telephone your colleagues to see how they're doing with the telephone you know it's a little bit old school but the reality is like it really works you can have much different interaction 
on video conference like we are right now or on the telephone than you can by email. And I, I, I see a lot of folks that I work with um, that ask me to do programs with their companies because people are getting really comfortable hiding behind a text or an email. And the companies that focus on personalization and focus on the customer experience this year are really going to stand out. In fact, that came through in the research that I did that a lot of people, as as, as we talked about, 58% don't know the steps to take to build relationships of trust. And a big part of that is that they don't know how to personalize things. So, you know, there's lots of things you can do, but those are two ways that I, I would start. Natalie, based on what we've discussed so far, I bet that there's a strong correlation between the level of trust an organization might show and the impact it has on the financial health and success of the company. What are those proof points that an HR professional can take to their leadership team to convince them to invest in building a trust strategy? Well, I could share with you, Jeff, so many statistics here in Canada, 91% of Canadians buy from companies they trust and 81% of Canadians pay more for products or services they trust. I could share with you that worldwide, 68% of people recommend companies that they trust. There are lots of statistics. I could rattle more off. And as uh, I mentioned in the research that I did this year, 100% of business owners believe that it's extremely important to their success. It affects everything from productivity to engagement to sales to revenue. But at the end of the day, it's, it's impacts the bottom line in so many different ways. Whether you are um, a frontline leader, an HR leader, a technical person, a salesperson, it doesn't matter what your role is. When I do workshops, virtual or face-to-face, -face, in all parts of the world, what I find when I ask the question to give me an example of a name of a company that they can trust, a company that provides them with a great customer experience, that they're loyal to, that they're going to tell their friends about, they're going to continue to buy from. What I find incredible is that I could be doing this workshop in downtown Toronto near your office. I could be doing this workshop in Vancouver, in Halifax, in Montreal, San Diego, with people from New York or Buffalo. And every single time, Jeff, without fail, the names of the companies are similar that they mention. So one name of a company as an example, that's always mentioned, if I ask people, is Costco. So when I when I ask them why, when we, you know, get on the call together, the answers are all very similar. And I'm telling you, I have been doing this since 2013. 
they are all similar. It's things like, well, when I buy a product there, I can get advice from them and they're going to be honest with me. And if I have a problem with the product, they're not going to argue with me. They're going to take it back. I always know what I'm going to get there. The stores are always look the same. See, they're always laid out the same. We like consistency. And in uncertainty, we love consistency, right? It makes us feel more comfortable. And when we're comfortable and we feel confident of what we're going to get, and we know that the store's got our back, they're not going to argue with us, we buy from them. That is an indicator of what someone can say to their CEO or their leader, is that it's it affects all buying decisions, recruitment decisions, referrals, loyalty, all of that. And when you have that trust, it's a competitive differentiator. And if you think about it in a small town, because you probably have clients who are listening that are in small towns, it's the same thing in a small town. We all know the restaurant we can trust. We all know the little shop we can trust or the accountant we can trust or the dentist or the hairstylist. They're the ones, Jeff, that have no problem recruiting people. They're the ones that have all the business because they're trusted advisors. I'm not surprised that you mentioned Costco. What I find interesting about Costco's success is how they spend little to nothing on advertising. It's really about providing a meaningful experience for not just the customers, but also a great experience for the employees. Jeff, it's all about the experience and trust is the foundation that has to be set to have a customer experience. And then once you have that foundation, it drives loyalty and advocacy, which means employees become advocates of the company. It means customers become advocates and they tell everyone they know, which increases your revenue. Learning how to become a trusted advisor will give you a competitive advantage. It is the most important leadership skill you can learn. Natalie, our audience consists of a lot of HR professionals and senior leaders who are because of their role in a position that requires the confidence of their colleagues. What should they be doing to gain the trust of their colleagues and the workforce in their organization? I would suggest is putting the other person's interests first, having that mindset. And then the next step would be listening very carefully to what's important to that person with empathy, which is about putting ourselves in their shoes, right? To really understand their situation, showing compassion. It's really important, especially in today's world and how some of us are working remotely. Many of us are serving clients remotely and, you know, the people that you're you're working with, whether it's a client or an internal colleague, involve them in discussions uh, and decisions that affect them. Natalie, what are the indicators of a company with low levels of trust between the workforce and their managers? 
Here, there are indicators inside a company that are a little different outside. So inside, some of the indicators would be low employee engagement. People on the front line, maybe, as you said, not that happy. And that, you know, is exudes to the customer outside. Um, another indicator would be difficulty recruiting new employees, which would really impact your HR colleagues. High employee turnover, gossip, um, large number of sick days, um, not a lot of, or not a lot of product innovation, people not wanting to come forward to share important truths. So, you know, those are some indicators inside. And, you know, sometimes an indicator is just not really fun. Like people are stressed. That can be an indicator too. Some, what I would call more external indicators are lack of repeat business. That's an indicator that there's low trust. Um, increase in customer complaints, negotiations taking a long time, or they're really complicated. Um, and you have to sign like long, complicated contracts, long sales cycles, and or contracts not getting renewed, new project opportunities not coming up, no referrals. So these are just some indicators. So Natalie, what are those things that a manager or a team can do to increase the level of trust they feel between each other? We could talk about this all afternoon, this one question. It's a great question. There are certain things you can do to get there with the team faster. And really, I mean, one of the things, if we talk about teams, it starts with everybody on the team having the same purpose, going for the same goal and objective. That's a great starting point. As you know, I've created a framework and a step-by-step -step process. So I would start by putting the other person first. And this is what a leader can do too, whether it's a new employee or a leader. You start by putting the other person first. And you would do that um, by listening to them, like really listening to them to understand what's important to them, empathize with them uh, and show your compassion and involve them in decisions and discussions that affect them. And, you know, if you're a leader and you're trying to figure out how can I build trust with my colleagues and how can I gain the trust of, you know, colleagues throughout my entire workforce, whether you're a workforce of 10 people or 10,000 people, one thing that you can do is admit your mistakes and be honest with them. And as you said, like ADP was in the beginning of the pandemic, be transparent. When I think of the concept of trust in the workplace, I think it's made up of so many intangibles like company values, transparency, oversight, corporate culture, and reliability that an organization or a coworker is going to do what they say they're going to do. Natalie, is trust something you can measure? And if so, how? Is there a way they can benchmark or quantify the level of trust across a company? So Jeff, trust is tangible. You can manage it and you can measure it. And there are assessments and tools to measure trust inside an organization and externally. 
when I work with a leadership team that we use to assess the trustworthiness and uh, the people on the team, and they identify the gaps and the strengths and the weaknesses and where we need to focus. And I've also created uh, a measurement tool, as I mentioned uh, earlier, called the Client Trust Index. And that gives an organization a quantitative trust equity score. So it in addition to this score, it identifies the gaps, the areas of strength and improvement and specific behaviors that need to change. And I have a number of clients that use that as a key performance indicator. So they look at it one year and then they make the improvements to um, what needed to be improved with what specific segment, what audience, what stakeholder group, and they measure again. You know, Natalie, measuring is so important, especially when it comes to things like trust, because it impacts employee engagement. We conduct employee engagement pulses every quarter. And one of the questions I'm asked is, do I feel that my colleagues have my back? Now, that obviously is going to show if there's a level of trust between my colleagues and I. Yeah. And, you know, what a great question to ask. I was doing a seminar years and years ago, and it was face to face. It was a professional development day, and I needed help because there were so many people in the, in the, uh, there were 50 people in the audience, and we were doing a workshop. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. So I asked him if he would come to work with me and help me out. All this to say, he got in this group and they befriended everyone in this group. And so he started participating. And after, you know, I started the morning with, so what does trust mean? And all the different groups wrote the words down. And then I asked one person from each group to cut, you know, to stand up and say what it meant. So the group that my son was at the table with, they all said, well, you do it. You say it, Patrick. That's my son's name. Okay. So as you know, he's in fourth year university now, but at the time he was in grade 10. So he got up and he said, well, you know, it's kind of like my hockey team, mom. And I was mortified. Okay. Because here I am in this group of all these executives thinking, okay, like I'm just really trying to do a great job here. He goes, it's like my hockey team. Everybody's got their part to play. I'm defense. I make sure no one gets the goal. But at the end of the day, everybody on my team has my back. Just like at ADP, which is a great question for ADP to ask you, right? Because at the end of the day, if you are, it doesn't matter what role you're in, at what organization, you want your colleagues to have your back. And if you think about what trust means to an employee, that's what it means. And if you think about what trust means to a customer, it means the company is going to do the right thing for me and they're going to have my back. They're going to act in my best interests. Yeah, absolutely. It really is like being on a sports team. We're all playing our part to achieve that common goal. You know, if, I, if you're an HR manager, the customer is an internal customer most likely in your company. So when I say customer, I really mean whoever it is that you serve. 
So, you yeah, know, it's it's very much like a team sport. Okay, Natalie, and now for my favorite part of the podcast, when I get to learn just a little more about you. It's when we get to hear all about your favorite things. Are you ready? I'm ready, okay. I'm ready. I don't know what you're going to ask me, but I'm ready. Okay, well, they're pretty straightforward. Natalie, what's your favorite tool to help you get work done? Oh, that's easy. Pen, paper, Sharpies, notebooks. Old school, awesome. I'm very old school. I got a lot of pens and paper and notebooks. Natalie. Highlighters. (laughs) Highlighters. Natalie, what's your favorite resource to go to for industry information? Google, LinkedIn, and the telephone. Natalie, I couldn't agree more. I love the telephone. I know, and you can get information so much quicker if you just telephone the source. You can have a personal connection, right? Building trust is all about having a personal connection right? There's an emotional element. It's emotional, behavioral, cognitive. And what's your favorite music album of all time? Well, I don't really have one. I, I really like books, Jeff. Um, however, I do like all types of music. Well, what was your first music album you bought? Grease. Okay, and we'll wrap it up with this final question. Natalie, what is your favorite piece of advice that you give to someone who's just starting out in their career? I would say that the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is extra. And do the extra things. Go the extra mile. Be extraordinary in everything you do. Well, Natalie, it's always been extraordinary whenever we've gotten together. And today's podcast experience is no different. Now, before we wrap up, I'd be remiss if I didn't let the listeners know that they could reach you directly at successthroughtrust.com, as well as pick up a copy of your book, The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It, through Amazon or their favorite book retailer. Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your insights with me today. Thanks for having me. And this is the part of the podcast where I thank everyone for listening in. I know it's tough to find time to carve out for thought leadership, and I appreciate you, the listener, for making the time for us. Anything we can do to help ourselves get better at something is time well spent. On our next episode, we'll be talking with more HR experts about today's most important HR issues. I'm Jeff Livingston. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind. We'll see you soon on our next episode of ADP's Insights at Work.